You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Folks, another episode of the Short Shift Podcast. We have a lot to talk about, including one subject that I have wanted to avoid and actively avoided for the last couple months. We're going to have to talk about it at some point on this podcast. But first, somebody, Ian, Andrew, somebody, give me another topic, some NHL news, fucking anything other than the crazy news. Just let me get my head right first. Okay, can somebody else lead us through Toronto? Because my fucking God. <laughs> Do you want to know how you lose a trade when you acquire a goaltender and a third and a seventh? This is how you get Matt Murray. He's had a four of the last five years have been brutal for this guy. It's not all been with Ottawa, right? He hasn't been there that long, I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, no. It was Pittsburgh and then he went to, to, he went to Ottawa during the, uh, during the uh, lost COVID year. And stay there a year after. And then lost a shot to Anton Forsberg. Who actually was, I mean, he was really good last year. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to fucking judge him by that. But 4.6 mil. That seems Ottawa to be what most of the, yeah, that, that seems to be what most of the Toronto fans have a problem with. That they didn't retain more. That yeah. Toronto's going to pay him 4.6. Like, that seems to be the bigger problem more than anything. You probably could have had Jack Campbell, who is not yeah. a great goaltender, but a much better goaltender for a little more. If yeah. you were going to be mediocre by, between the pipes, at least be at, at least be frugal with your mediocrity. Well, that's it. Like, they're, they're accepting their Matt Murray fate and still paying almost $5 million off the cap with it. Yeah. That's not good business, man. No. Kyle, Dubis, Kyle Dubis is getting torched for this and he is so deserving of it it's bizarre too because it, i mean it's a I, I like what dubas has done mostly i really do i think that toronto team was better than a first round exit this year it just so happens they played the team that went to the fucking finals mm-hmm. do i think that means they would have gone to the finals absolutely not but i think they're better than a first round exit but they have basically their top six signed and a couple other guys and then there's six defensemen and then it's all entry level guys and no actual depth anywhere. Absolutely brutal to, to put almost 5 million on this guy. And you just don't know what you're getting. Maybe he has a resurgence. Maybe, maybe you didn't want to commit five years to Campbell. I get it, but my God, I, this feels like a do or die season for them. They are, they are better. They are better than their first round exit was, but this isn't how this isn't how you get better. This is like this is a severe downgrade. And I and maybe he does have a resurgence, but you're betting on that maybe. Do you know what you want to know what Ottawa got in this in return for this deal? Nothing. Mm-hmm. We will give you two draft picks to get rid of Matt Murray. The the fact that they they, they would have had to give up a first to any other team, I feel like really feel like they would have they would have had to give up a first to get rid of Murray. That contract was I mean it's only two years, but God, it's just so bad. Yeah. Dorian's kind of making out like a bandit a little bit here. I Ottawa's doing a lot of stuff I really like right now. Yeah. I'm a little scared because I don't want Ottawa to be good again, but they're, <laughs> they're really doing a lot of decent things. Yeah. They've got a long way to go though to really compete, but for sure. The, it, it literally the last, might just the last, be time like, at this point. Yeah. The, the last two or three years have been pretty tolerable for, for them, at least for an outsider. I'm sure the fans themselves want to see uh, a quicker rebuild, but they're not doing a lot of bad things. I'll say that. I bet the fans are actually seeing a little bit of light right now. I yeah. bet they're looking down the tunnel going, oh my God, are we actually, are we going to do this? <laughs> to bring it would definitely give me hope. Yep. If yeah. I was an Ottawa fan, that that that's that was the bright shining beacon. 
I was like, all right, all right, let's go. We're, we're on the upswing, but man, Toronto yep. will be mm-hmm. what you, you, you f- tossed Peter Morazic and got a small haul for that. And then you turned around and did this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be that mad about it. Toronto could keep doing dumb shit like this. That's fine. Yeah, oh, no, I love it. I just, <laughs> no, I love it's it. It's just, it's, it's, it's just mind boggling to me. Yep. Do you guys want to uh, go ahead and talk about Bruins stuff? Cause I'm sure that's yeah. why most people are listening to this. Are yes. we, are we a Bruins podcast now? I think, I think we are. We have the weirdest Bruins stuff to talk about. I can't believe this is happening. This is, I, I have to, we have to start with this just because of how adamantly we have not talked about this for a few months now. Speak for yourself. You constantly bring this shit up. Me and Ian were both on the same page of there's a 15% chance of this happening. And I think you said there was a 35% chance of this happening. Which so means still, I'm 20% more right than you. You are yes, 20%. No. Yep, yeah, good for we'll, you. We'll give that I'll, to you. I'll, yep. David Krejci is in Boston and reportedly, according to Kevin Weeks, is close to signing a contract with the Boston Bruins. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, I, I have a little thing I need to do right now that I just, it's less about Krejci, but we're going to talk about it. I'm going to ask you real simple questions. I just want a straight up answer. All right. Both of you. Do it. Do it. If I asked you a month ago, what are the odds Bergeron returns? What would you say? Like percentage wise, what are the odds he returns? A month ago, I think we were all at 55 to 60%. Yeah. I said, I I think, I I think I put it straight at 50, 50. Okay. All right. Perfect. If I asked you a month ago, what are the odds DeBrus goes back on his trade request and wants to stay? 80%. 80%. Yep. Okay. You really thought he was going to stay. Great. No, 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 no. It's like 80% that he was not going to rescind. I apologize. Okay. So 20% he was going to stay. Yeah. And that's even after getting rid of Cassidy. I still thought okay. there was like very minimal chance that he was going to stay. And not, yeah, not, not about staying because that's not how you pose the question that he would rescind the request. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. there was a, like maybe a 15 to 20% chance that he would rescind the request for a trade. Okay. If I asked you a month ago, what are the odds Krejci returns? I would, if you told me, if you asked me two days ago, I would have said the same thing as I would have five, six months ago. I would have told you to shut the fuck up and move on. Okay. <laughs> and, and if I asked you a month ago, what are the odds Cassie is fired? Well, I mean, he was, fi- he was fired a month ago. So well, th- before he was fired, hundred percent, man. Like I thought he was back. I didn't think that That's there was a real, even a chance. Really been a month. Yeah. That's a really been a month. Yeah. So if I asked you over a month ago, because it's been a month, over a month ago, what are the odds all four of these things happened? <laughs> it would have been zero percent, and then one of us would have said this this statement. If all that happens, then clearly the guys didn't like Cassidy. If all of that happens, then there was a problem and the problem was taken away. And then these three guys come back. Why is it that we're not so deep into this? Holy fuck. Cassidy's message really did get stale. I don't think there's a question that his message got stale, but I I know Andrew's going to push back on this because he doesn't believe that it was all Cassidy. This franchise has done this to nearly every coach that we have had since I was old enough to register what hockey was. They did it to Pat Burns. They did it to Robbie Fatorik. They did it to Mike Sullivan. To a lesser extent, they did it to Mike O'Connell. When the axe has to swing somewhere that's not on their heads... It goes on the coach and you could say that for every franchise, but you could also say that except until Julian came along, the ax swung a little quicker those days. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that it wasn't. I I still don't think that that was the driving force of it. I think that the front office and maybe this, maybe this statement will give them a little too much credit. Maybe they saw, maybe they saw a trend rather than a straight up flat out reason. You know what I mean? I have gotten to the point where, and I've had bosses for a long time. I've had coaches for a long time in an emotional place after six years of hearing in their motivational tactics, 
after six years of disappointments, arguments, roster moves, media callouts. Like this doesn't mean Cassidy's a bad coach. Far from it. But after that amount of time of that kind of environment that has to be cultivated, that's why coaches don't last that long. This was clearly a piece of why some guys were upset. Not the whole thing, but we now fully, especially if all these guys really do come back. If Preachy really does sign, if Bergeron signs, Nebraska's already said what he said. You have to at least go, all right, yeah, Cassidy's message wore really thin. I'm going to agree with you, Ian, and mostly because I don't think it's necessarily all because of Cassidy, but I do think the idea that Cassidy not being there at least made it a little bit more attractive uh, to at least a Krejci and a DeBrusque in some way, like maybe just a small, small way. So now that all that's been said, do you think that uh, Cassidy cost us a year of Krejci? No. No, I don't necessarily think that, but... Again, I'm not I'm not going to go full bore against oh this is why he bounced, but I will concede that the like I just said like literally 2 seconds ago, the idea that Cassidy's not there maybe makes returning a little bit more attractive because it's like okay, the culture can be a little bit the culture's going to be different. There's no way around that. Yeah. You know? yeah I'm not pre- I'm not prepared to play I'm not prepared to call David Krejci um playing a, playing a 6 or 7 year long game when he was saying in 2015 he wanted to return to the Czech Republic when his contract was over. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Had to ask it. All right. But. I still think Cassidy is a tremendous coach and he is going to rock shit in Vegas. I really do believe that. Yep. Uh it's just it, to me it's become very clear that there was you don't fire Cassidy without first talking to Bergeron. You just don't. Uh, and when you have a big, big extension for Pasternak, I think that's also something you consider. People talk about, what do they say? The, the phrase that gets people in trouble, inmates running the prison or whatever. Inmates running the asylum, yes. Yeah. Um, but your best inmates have to have a conversation every now and again. That is a terrible use of that analogy. It's terrible. Uh, It gets everyone in trouble too, whenever they use it. You know, I don't mean it in any weird way. Uh, It's just, you have to have those conversations with your better players. Hmm. Cassidy's message grew thin. And guess what? Any boss you've had for that amount of time, you also have moments where you're like, I want to kill this guy. Sure. It's just part of it, especially when it's so emotional and you have talk about the disappointments we've had the past five or six years. None bigger than 2019. Mm. What happened then? You don't, but you don't put that on the coach, but you do like, he's the guy talking in front of the room. Eventually it eats at you. That's just basic psychology. That's going to get you. Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me in my, my little dumb brain, at least. Yeah. No, I think Cassidy's going to have success out in Vegas and similar to a trot, similar to anybody of that ilk of a, of, of a coach, the message will wear out. I think Bill Belichick might be the only outlier in that entire fucking situation. <laughs> that's because he gets rid just, of anyone who argues. Well, it's a mixture of that, but also he gets results every couple of years. You know what I mean? So the, I think the problem is if Cassidy, if Cassidy won in 2019, He's probably he's still, still the coach. He's still here. And he's probably still the coach here for another couple years. Which is what happened with Julian. I, yes. I, I firmly believe that Julian was fired about, about a year and a half too late. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I said the, the outlier of the front office's the ownership. I'll say the ownership because the front office has changed a lot. But I'll say the ownership's pattern with head coaches is you know when the axe has to fall it's got it falls on the coach and it falls on the coach quicker and julian was the one that was uh exempt from that and there was one very good reason for that so i think you're right i think if cassidy if i think if we won in 2019 cassidy would still be the coach um i i i have a lot of trouble i have a lot of trouble thinking that he lost the room considering how well, the regular season went anyway, and you know the playoffs are the are the the ultimate coin flip. But it is what it is. I mean, that is, and, and Ian, you bring up a really good point. Of 
you put all four of these things together and if it quacks like a duck, et cetera, et cetera. What's quacking? Uh, Bruce Cassidy, apparently. Yeah. I, I really don't <laughs> want this to be a, I, I just like Cassidy. I was upset with the, the firing like everybody else, but <sighs> time to move on. Yep. And they, they introduced him today. Jim Montgomery got introduced today. The full Monty. The full, the full Monty. Monty. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm excited about the change at this point. Like I was upset about Cassidy at first because I just didn't see how you can give up that level of a coach. And you knew he was going to get swap or swiped up real quick. And he did. And he's going to a place where he's probably going to have some success. That said, Montgomery is an amazing hire, a ballsy hire. It gives me a little bit of hope, even though I think the next couple of years are going to be kind of rough. I'm still, even, even if Bergeron's back, even if Krejci's back, it's still going to be a little bit rough. We're still sneaking into the playoff caliber type team. I don't think we're a division dominant team or anything like that. Uh, unless, unless again, Sweeney pulls off some magic this off season, but, uh, I think we'll compete just a little bit more if, if we do have a Krejci and Bergeron back, uh, that said, I, I know a number of people were talking about this and, uh, forgive me if, if you're listening, there was one tweet that I think was directed at you, Andrew, and it was just saying like, it's, it, do you, does this really give you that much confidence that they're just bringing back a couple of guys two years removed from the last time they were successful together? Shout out to Jeremy O'Neill. There you go. Um, and I, I, I responded in kind last dance, baby. Yeah. This is, this, this is the last dance. Yep. At bare minimum, this season becomes infinitely more interesting. Yes. And and say it's subpar. Say it doesn't work out the way we want it to. I'm really just going to enjoy watching these guys play. And if this season goes tits up, then you know it's time for a rebuild. There's just nothing. There's no way around it. Well, you know? I, 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 okay. So I, I, I do kind of want to bring this up. Um, Cam Neely and Charlie Jacobs apparently are giving different messages to the media. <laughs> <laughs> that they were not aligned. <laughs> so in his draft, in his draft availability, Cam Neely said, honestly, and you know, this was probably the, it was probably the first time that I've ever watched, but I, in a long time that I've watched an interview with Cam Neely and was like, yeah, okay. All right. Very, very candid, very forthcoming. He goes, it's not here yet, but the rebuild is coming. Those were his exact words. Charlie Jacobs in Montgomery's presser today said this this town will not accept a rebuild. Dude, do you listen to your people? Well, let me, <gasps> let me push back a little bit on that because you're, you're right. It's funny. It is funny. But he worded it in more of a it's very it's going to be very difficult for this fan base to accept something like that. Like he basically said if we do this, then we're going to get dragged through the mud. That was basically what his message was. It's, it's this fan base expects to win. And nothing he said was wrong. He said, we're a cap team. We spend the cap to be good. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's, that's 100% accurate. And we, we the last 17 years has proven it. Yeah. We can shit on the Jacobs family as much as we want. We really can. But at very bare minimum, they spend the money to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And that's something that not every fan base gets to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, talk about your bare minimums, but I think they're not aligned in their message, but I think they were both talking about two different things where one was saying, Hey, reality is this. And the other was saying, Hey, this fan base is not going to accept reality. <laughs> I don't know if the fan base isn't going to accept it though. There's a very large contingent of the fan base who says, bring the rebuild on faster. Hey Thomas, how long does a rebuild usually take? Uh, at least four to five years would be my a good guess. one, an right. actual good one. Yeah. Hey, Thomas, how long would the Bruins fan base accept a rebuild? Uh, what's today? <laughs> it is the 11th <laughs> okay. of July. Uh, do, you think, do you think these people are saying that they want a rebuild without knowing what the connotations of a rebuild actually are? Two years from now, they will be tearing up their season tickets. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's yeah. honestly less for a good amount of people, at least just temperature checking f twitter and facebook i don't i don't think somebody can 
honestly say that a good portion of this fan base would accept a rebuild if it takes anything longer than one season. Right. We are an impatient people. And by that, I'm saying the overall scope of the fan base. Right. But to do it right, Andrew is Andrew's right. Four to five years would would be it because you're drafting somebody right now, developing theoretically, they're going to be in the NHL in about two and a half years. If if you're lucky, getting solid minutes and then they have to learn how to be a pro. Mm -hmm. You're talking three, four years right there and then getting the right pieces around you. It, rebuilding takes time. It's hard too. Look at look around the league right now. How long has Detroit been terrible? <laughs> Five years now, six. Yeah. No, uh, the longer than that. Yeah. Has it really been? Yeah, I think the last time they made the playoffs was 2012. Yeah, Rangers oh, rebuilding. Boy. That took Rangers a little while. Took a little while, and they had a, a nice peak. That that happens sometimes when you have an elite goaltender to carry you through some shit. Then look at the Flyers rebuild. <laughs> like <laughs> Tony D'Angelo, two years. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stupid shit that happens in a rebuild. So you have to do it right. The last point that I have here is: if you're gonna do a rebuild, do we have the right general manager in place to do that rebuild? That's a whole different pain point for a lot of these people, and and like-minded to the people who do not want to see a rebuild take anything longer than a year or two. The scariest idea for a rebuild is the Sharks. <laughs> when they were bad, 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 good for a couple of years, finals, lost in the finals, right back to bad. Yeah. And that's not, you want, if you're going to do a rebuild, you need six to seven years of real contention. Like your core got brought up. They're all in their prime. Let's go. Because mm -hmm. the two years of competitiveness is the scariest fucking thing to me. Mm -hmm. And look, and look at, look at where they are now. Um, they just, they cleaned house and they cleaned house in their coaching they cleaned house in their front office. They have giant contracts of old people. They have the giant contracts of old people that they can't move. They just didn't qualify one of their younger kids and their GM absolutely eviscerated him. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> although you look at the fan base's reaction to that. What was that kid's name? Fuck. Uh, Dolan, Jonathan Dolan, Jonathan Dolan. Uh, the fan base is absolutely on board with that. All of them were like, yeah, he fucking circles and goes back to the bench. I'm like, oof. All right. Well, yeah, I just thought, I just think it's really funny. I just, uh, that, you know, that's the state that they're in. The sharks are the sharks. What's, I'm going to pose a quick question to you guys and then we'll, then we'll move on. What is a worse destination for the rebuild ending up like the sharks or ending up like the Oilers? That was a beer uh, opening for that <laughs> one. Uh, Oilers have Connor McDavid. So I'm going to go with sharks because Oilers are so fucking fun to watch. Okay. But how long did that take and how many rebuilds did that take? I mean, I mean we they've overall first of all post. <laughs> yeah, they they've been they're on multiple multiple rebuilds. Yeah. They keep getting to a certain point, plateauing and then dropping off and then getting somehow another player like Drysdale or or whoever and then immediately get better again. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're an extremely blessed franchise in the sense that they keep getting these fucking stars, but they can't do anything with it. If yeah. you're a baseball fan, they're the Anaheim Angels or the Ooh. LA Angels or whatever the fuck they are. They have two MVPs and they cannot fucking win ball games. That's the Oilers. The Oilers actually made a little bit of a run this year. And that was the most success that they've had in a very long time. And yeah, what will they do next year? Probably less. Well, they won't have a Vander Kane. God, that piece. Yeah, anyway, uh. <laughs> they, they, they lowballed a Vander Kane, which I, I, I appreciate you had to if you were them anyway yeah they offered him less than five oof that is how are you going to pay back gambling debts with less than five yeah exactly oh. <laughs> the Thomas, and that's a deep drive to left field that's a four nothing ball game no. <laughs> thomas you just got dq'd from the ring are you kidding me that was right at the balls that was intentional that was premeditated my god yeah. uh good stuff hey bergeron might actually come back guys i know we glossed over that it really are we on no actual pen to paper we're on bergeron watch again are we yay we, we were like oh good he's gonna sign it is the 11th and he yeah. what the fuck okay so, okay ian 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 
did how much of montgomery's uh, press conference did you watch uh bits and pieces honestly i was i've had a swamp today who was the first player that he called that oh, montgomery called Percy. who would be your first player no hang on that tells me he's here i mean what do you mean he's here, uh, he's here. there's there's uh long distance calling you could call you could call anywhere yeah. in the world right yeah you don't have to call just someone who's like in your building andrew you could do you have a cell phone andrew you know my setup no i don't yeah <laughs> he's actually guys if you didn't know andrew's in a in an asylum himself and he's only allowed <laughs> to call other rooms so this shit, is, wait yeah, that yeah, means that yeah, we're in an asylum, asylum too is, <laughs> wait, <this analogy> doesn't <laughs> work. i'm in an asylum and this is my two hours this is my two hours outside the week <laughs> <laughs> but no no so what do you mean by he's here <laughs> and you dickhead um, <laughs> He's here, I, he's here, as in he's he's a part of this team. He's on this team. So not yes. not like physically in Boston, in, no, in, a, in like a back room on the ninth floor or something. Yes, he, correct. He is sexually yeah. in Boston. That's he's the important part. He, he is he is in the most carnal sense in Boston. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> we still have all of the draft picks to talk about too. <laughs> One of them's named Dick. <laughs> we're gonna get there. We're gonna get. We're gonna there. get. We're, we're gonna get to uh, the I'm Dick. I'm very. If Krejci's signing a contract, I am a hundred percent certain Bergeron is too. There's yeah. no fucking way. Uh, good stuff. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Calming yeah. it down. So no, so, I think. Yeah. Do you want to put percentages on on whether we think Krejci or Bergeron is here? Kevin Weeks reported it. So, I mean, he was just in South Carolina. My buddy golfs with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one, my buddy who golfed with him back before he fucking retired was the one who told me, hey, he's retiring like three months before news broke about it. And I was, I just held it to myself because like, that's not reliable. <laughs> Turns out, uh, anyway, he didn't tell me if he's coming back or not. So my buddy's an asshole, but uh, yep. <laughs> I, I would listen, say Ian's buddy. If you listen to this, this, if you listen to this podcast, Ian's buddy, you're a dick. Yeah. It's a dick. You're a reed dick. Yeah. Jake, you fucking dick. Um, I feel very confident. If, if Kevin Weeks is coming out with this report, uh, someone's getting moved, but crazy and Berger on a comeback. Yep. Yep. I'm about at 99.999%. Whoa, Jesus. I was going to say like a 78%. Jesus. Yeah. 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 That's where I am. That's I, where I am. I, I still can't believe that we're actually talking about it. I can't believe it either. This is so, we, we look so dumb right now. Like two months speak, ago. Speak for uh, yourself. No, the 35% still means you're kind of dumb. So, you know. <laughs> it means I'm less dumb than y'all. You said y'all. My, my, oh, br- my, my brain God. less smooth than yours. <laughs> <laughs> mine, got, mine got the more bumps. My- <laughs> yep, you got that uh, electric meatball firing on all cylinders, bud. Yep. All two of them. Uh, we we tendered Stanika, Ashan, and... Fuck, is it Philip? Philippe. Philippe, there you go. God, I'm so bad with names. See, I still didn't, uh, I didn't see this posted. It was. I, I finally was found up. it, and Andrew, okay. Andrew shoved it up my timeline. Okay. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now, Ian? <laughs> uh, on the air, we are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I don't have any complaints about that. I like Sean. Sidney this is his, what, third consecutive make-it-or-break-it year? I think this is the true one, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the true one, though. But that I think hurt me so badly. You yeah. have no idea. <laughs> but I have to I have to say that I think with this one, the organization finally realizes he's not a top six or bust guy. Let mm-hmm. him win a job on the fourth. Let him compete and win a job on the fourth line. And if he wins a job on the fourth line, fucking leave him alone. Mm-hmm. for 2025 games see what you have in him yep. the problem is he isn't a fourth liner third no. is low as i could put that's it. his that third would be the target for him i feel like yeah. but that's yeah but but it might you, be you, best case scenario obviously if, especially if Krejci is in fact back but that's that should be his target he should try to win that fucking job do i think he's going to do it no not necessarily so is this a break it year probably not 
Freddie Stud Steen as an opening night fourth line. I'm telling you guys. I don't know okay. if I like it or not, but I, I love some study Steen. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a that that that's a fourth that, that's a fourth line that could that that has significant third line upside. That's that's fair, but that's that's also not saying what I'm thinking the traditional fourth line is actually going to try to produce because I don't think Stadnika's a traditional fourth liner. But if you're telling me that the fourth line needs to play like a third line, yeah, sure, that's great. Steen's going to kind of be the the more fourth line grinder on that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. All it's, I it's need so early is a fourth and line. We're, we're all we're all, we're talking about like things that we would love to see. Like I'm not trying to tell you I don't want to see Stadnika go out there and take that fucking job because I need him yeah. to at this point, yeah. or else we Win need the to job. move on. Um, yeah, go on, right. good yeah. job. All I need is a fourth line who's actually on time for a four check. Fuck, man. <laughs> just just move, move Nosek for a fifth round pick at this point. I like Nosek. I did too. Move, move him for a pick. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's time to pull a plug on that. Draft? Draft. All right. We can do draft and then, and then touch a little bit on free agency if you want before we wrap it up. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, we have to try to pronounce these as American as possible to piss off Tia. Tia, this <laughs> segment is specifically for you. Mm-hmm. That right. sounded really, really sexual, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> that got really sultry at the end there. I don't know. Uh, Start thicker music in the background. There we go. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> How are we pronouncing round two selection? Our, our first overall. Portois, I think his Port- name is. Portois. Portois. Porque Maria. Poitras. Well, Matthew Poitras. <laughs> Portois. Portois. No, that's Patra. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm saying Patra, but I don't think that's correct. Uh, look, this was this was a weird pick for me because although he was ranked highly in some rankings, he was also shot down to he the was third surprisingly round. polarizing. Yeah, he was really, but. A lot of this draft was, but Matthew Petra, center, 5'11", 176 pounds, right shot. He is considered the highest energy guy in the draft. That screams fourth liner. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> Low ceiling, high floor, baby. It feels like a sweetie pick. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, uh, no, some of the, no, some of the I, reaction yeah. was little guy gross, which I know <laughs> I hate that. I, I hate I, it's, that. It's super annoying. And I know Andrew loves to bring up that term because he also fucking hates it when people do that shit. But I, I didn't like the amount of negatives I saw, not necessarily from the fan base or fans in general, but from the rankings itself, there was, there was a huge discrepancy about what this guy could be, what he is and what he will be. Yeah. Mm. It's it's it, like I said, it was a super polarizing pick. He does have some he does have some foundations to be more than just a fourth line grinder. He seems uh, seems to be a, a very adept playmaker. By the way, um, if you guys want a really good really good detail of all of these draft picks to add to ours, go to um, go to Dom's site, Dom of the BNG podcast, Dom Tiano. Yeah. Yep. he did a really good write up on these guys, but. He, I think that he has more to offer than just a fourth line grinder. Very, very agile. The straight line speed is not great. It's considered below below NHL below NHL average. But he's very quick and shifty on his feet. That tells me he's got some some skating. He he's got some skating foundation to build off of. Sure, and I can promise one thing to those people saying little guy gross with the. Ma- not an effort this guy puts in, you will not be saying that. I guarantee it. If right. he makes the NHL, you will not say little guy gross. You'll be like, holy fuck, this guy mixes it up. Also, yeah. 50 points in 65 games as an OHL rookie is pretty good. Yep. It's decent. I'll give it decent. It's pretty yeah. decent. So, I like the pick. I wanted, I did want uh, Danny Jilkin, who went 20 picks, 20 picks after, which, so I might be Don Sweeney, who knows. But he was considered the better uh, center prospect by a lot of rankings. And I was pretty surprised to see him drop so low. Yeah. Yeah. He dropped to to the Winnipeg Jets and it was uh, Quattro's teammate, actually. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So they were probably they, they were probably scouting both of them and came out liking Poitras better. So they before we get into the other picks, I think it's become very evident when we start going through these guys. They very much prioritized energy in their forwards and viciousness on the defense. Like oh, we'll, that we'll, we'll, we'll get to the defense at. pick in a minute. I, we I certainly I, will. Two, both the guys are interesting for different reasons, but the forwards are high energy, no quick guys. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all also mostly undersized. Yeah, a little bit gross. So, <laughs> so they traded out around three, round four. They grab uh, grab Cole Spicer. I like this pick. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the closest to a uh, a win-win i guess or or a, a lock to be an nhler but low ceiling mm-hmm. i think this guy is a role player i think he's a depth guy i mean the the middle rounds is where you go for the kind of high floor low ceiling and you described you described this perfectly does everything well but nothing elite right. kind of picks Right. I like it too. I like it too. And and it falls in line with the kind of players that Sweeney likes to draft, which are, you know, maybe doesn't have one tangible skill that jumps out over the rest that can do, but can do everything 200 foot forward kind of people, kind, kind of guy, which, yeah. which is, which is great in this part of the draft. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're talking round four. You're talking a guy that you want to see a little bit of potential. And there's two types of picks you make here. The, total swing for the the fences where he either is gonna be in the nhl or never get close or guys like spicer who yeah i think he's a real shot at the nhl but we're not talking about a top six guy he would have to improve drastically in a few areas to really really compete as like a high-end guy but with his compete level again he's a decent energy guy like andrew said 200 feet absolutely and he has been known to get into the corners I don't know. It's definitely a guy that you, you watch at a camp and go, fuck, this kid wants it, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I also really like this pick, but my favorite picks coming up next. Yeah. I mean, just to put Do the a bow on, well, just to put a, a bow on Spicer, I think Ian, you, you kind of hit it that the two way ability is something that's attractive. And I think that this is why I'm viewing this as the safest lock pick for somebody who will make the NHL team at one point. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, the next pick, round four, two picks later, is um, do it. Dan's Lock Milis. <laughs> it's it's. I don't know how to say the first one. Tia told me, but uh, Lock Milis, um, I believe, is how you say it. And that first pronunciation hurt me on her sake. Yeah, I know she's so mad at me right now. She's not talking to me. She's fighting. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Center, six feet tall, 170 pounds, shoots left. Again, a little on the underside size, undersized side. You get what I'm saying. Look, the guy has it between the ears. He's one of the smartest guys in the draft. He does all of the little stuff super well. And this is an unfair comparison because you're never going to, we're not going to see another guy like this for a very, very, very long time. But when you talk about intelligence, he reminds me of a Bergeron type where he's just doing all the little stuff defensively and offensively so well that you can't help but go, damn, this guy knows how to play the game. The problem is he doesn't have a single skill that you would go, holy shit. He's got a, like, he, he does have a really different. good shot. He does he has have a, a nice re- shot. Yeah. Yes. But he does not excel anywhere on the ice outside mm-hmm. of just being a really smart, fluid player. If he starts to put a couple things together physically, this is a guy that could be around for holy shit. I can't believe he's, he's a top six center. I really like this pick. It's a big swing because again, physically, he just hasn't caught up, but mentally this guy's an NHL player. You know who this pick actually reminds me of? Matthias John Corrali. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> very good very good but a guy that i'm actually high on right now in the bruin system mantikibi okay Ooh, i like it matthias mantikibi that's ex- that, that's his game to a t everything you just described and he is he has he has improved immensely every year he's been in finland and i hope that i hope that that's his path i think mantikibi i think mantikibi is going to be an nhl player and i think this kid has a real good shot if he continues to go forward and the kind the time, the type of game that he has 
gets developed real well over there in Sweden. Right. So, which is where he is playing. I'm not even going to try to pronounce where he's playing. Tia, you sent us a video that said that pronounced where he is playing. I'm not going to try it. I'm sorry. That's the thing is sometimes someone sends you a video of the pronunciation and you can't even repeat what they just said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I watched it and I was like, no. Anyway. Yep. Nailed it. All right. Good. <laughs> it is weird. It's, it, this is a guy that you will either never hear his name again, or he is going to shoot up the rankings. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. But yeah. that's all there is to it. Yeah. And, you know, th there you go. That's and that I believe this is the pick. One of the picks. The other pick we'll get to in a second, like literally a second. This is one of the picks that we got in the when we traded out of the third round. Yeah. We didn't see anybody we liked in the third round. Traded out, went to the fourth and got an extra fifth. Talk so, about that extra fifth, Ian. So, so then the fifth, we got Frederick Burnett. Six, four defenseman. I need to know why this note is here. I, I have a rough idea, but Krug 2.0 after reading that he's six foot four is wild to me. But go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and talk to me about him. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Velma, I know. I know Velma. Velma's laughing uh, at you. <laughs> here's the thing. This guy can get the puck to the net like fucking nobody else. Uh, problem is he can also let everything go behind him and feel no remorse. <laughs> he, he is just like Tori. He, he completely, and that's a little disrespectful to crew, I guess, but he is not, not wrong good defensively. He's not even close to good defensively. He's not even the, no, he's actually sneaky kind of solid there. No, this guy sucks defensively, but he loves getting the puck into dangerous areas on both ends of the ice. All right. Man. That's my last one. He's, <laughs> he's, he's another, like, if he can put it together, this guy's got a lot of skill, but this, I don't think this guy's ever going to sniff the NHL. But, but, and if, if you're going to be that kind of defenseman, what better league to hone that trade than the all offense QJMHL? <laughs> True, but what worse team to get drafted by than the defensively sound Boston Bruins? Yeah. yeah. They're going to take one look at him and be like, oh. <laughs> the Sweeties having a heyday. He fucking loved that pick. I guarantee it. He's like, oh, this is going to be great. They want offensive defensemen, and he's 6'4. Fuck yeah, buddy. Sweeties is going to be like, hey, do you, like that, do you like that prank I just pulled? Uh, people. Don, the pick's live. People, <laughs> oh, <shit>. have, <laughs> people have already DM'd me saying, well, they could always turn him to a forward. <laughs> like, we're talking days after he was drafted. Yeah. Well, he could always be a forward. They see him on defense, and he's like, no, no, you're a wing oh. now. <laughs> <laughs> we do need centers. <laughs> God. <laughs> God, God, Ian, you're, 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 you're being so rough. You're being such a dick. You're being such a read dick. Sixth round draft pick. Goaltender. Yep. <laughs> very, very flaccid uh, transition there. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I'm used to it. So read oh, dick, no. right? <laughs> what is what? happening right now? You don't, you don't need to know. Um, <laughs> Reed Dick, everybody. Six foot four, 195 pound goaltender. Um, Ian, I ran into the same problem that you hit, you did here on this list. Conflicting reports. Some say he's explosive up high and has very quick lateral movement. Some disagree with that assessment. <laughs> yeah, I, I found it really weird. I had some people calling me out. I kind of did the whole, well, he's, he's a little too frantic. It's beat laterally at times. And, uh, in my whole prep video and, and people were like, no, that's not him. He's, he's very explosive. He gets across the net really well. I, I, I'm not really sure what to make of this guy. I don't have a lot of, I mean, obviously there's not a lot of tape on him. He's a six rounder. I have a backup goaltender on a really bad swift current team. Yeah. Don't take much stock into his actual stats because holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Not, not great. They were not good. <laughs> But the biggest reason we drafted him, and I want Andrew to tell us this, there's one reason we drafted him. Yeah. So Sweeney is a meme lord, you guys. <laughs> um, we now have two goaltending prospects who are named Dick and Boosie. A you, perfect pair, if you will. I, uh, 
I wonder what their I wonder what their goalie hug is going to be like. <laughs> Lean into it, boys. <laughs> they are Velma. It's okay. God damn it. Velma approves of that joke. She's hitting the horny alarm right now. <laughs> That's a bunk. Um, <laughs> look, in all seriousness, people seemed really excited about it. People smarter than me um, that that have really kind of tuned into him. And so I'm curious about what he can develop into. But this is more than, well, more than any pick in front of him, a project piece. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he for be, sure. He'll be in our system for at least five years before he sniffs in an NHL game. Mm-hmm. And and good for six round pick. Yeah. And our goaltending pipeline is uh, getting getting pretty crowded at this point. Yeah. By the way, the Swayman path to the NHL is so incredibly rare for those of you who are newer yeah. to watching hockey and everything. And that, I don't mean that as like, a, oh, you don't know. No, I, I just mean in general, that's a very rare path to come out of college, play a couple games in the NHL, and then go to the fucking league. Yeah. For goalies, it usually takes four years, five years. Because goalies are voodoo. Yeah. Yep. It's tough. It's a really hard path, and there's only fucking 32 spots for a starting goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm fine with the pick. Always depth goalies. I'm always fine taking a swing sixth, seventh round on those guys. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm interested to see just how big he can get in the net. I hate you. Like I mean that. I mean what I just said. I hate you. I'm. I. I. I, I despise you on a molecular level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's time will tell if Dick plays big or Dick plays soft. So. <laughs> Thomas, I, I <laughs> fucking I had so much respect and it's just gone. Wait, where was my respect? Don't answer you that. Know, no, yeah. come on. <laughs> Buffalo, come on. Seriously. We made we made one more pick in this draft. Round seven, Jackson Edward. Well, Jack Edwards. Well, Jack I was immediately Edwards. like, I'm like, oh my God. But so anyway, Sweeney is a meme lord. Yeah. <laughs> but uh six two defenseman, almost two hundred pounds, left shot. What do we know about him other than the fact that it seems like the uh, the fans clamoring for a big bad Bruin might have gotten what they wanted in this if this kid can develop? What was the one adjective that kept popping up on all of the scouting reports, Ian? What was the one word? Violent. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, there was, I know, there was, I, I I know here is Jack the Ripper on skates, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know where I, where I read it or if I heard it. I don't remember. But it, there was a couple of scattered reports, actually, that had that said he will delete grown men. <laughs> I, keep, I went through probably a half dozen articles and almost everyone was like, yeah, I mean, he plays hockey, but here's this video of him destroying somebody. Like, that was the scouting report of like, hey, yeah, no. So he he skates around and then he sees somebody and then he fucks him up and then he goes to the bench and then he comes back out and he finds a new person to fuck up. Like, that's that's his game. That's it. <laughs> um, It will translate well if he gets there. Yeah. He would be a fan fucking favorite. He has been a Boston Bruins fan for a long time. Big Char guy, big Marshan guy, and it self-admittedly said he models his game closer to Marshan than Chara, but he's 6'2", almost 200 pounds. And, a and he's, and he's <laughs> still growing. And he's still growing, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's, he's 18, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. This kid will either somehow make the show or be a bottom pair on the main Mariners. There is no in between, <laughs> but a fan favorite, no matter where he goes. Yes. Yeah. No, there, there will be a trail of blood wherever he goes. <laughs> this guy is the perfect seventh round pick. Exactly. He's not Tom Brady. Yeah. But he fucking <laughs> man. Are people going to love watching him play hockey? Did you use air quotes there? I did. I very <laughs> much did. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Oh man. Aww. Jackson Edward. Did Jack Edwards actually have a response to this? I haven't seen it yet. I'm assuming that he's actually still in his cocoon for another couple months. <laughs> Just refreshing. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. he's not on Reddit right now tweeting at all the all the Boston fanboys. <laughs> Is that what he, he does? He gets on Reddit and he says, what's up once in a while. That's amazing. Does he really? He's not on the I, Discord? I have seen him on Reddit, yeah. 
Well, people like he likes seeing all the stuff on Reddit. Like he he shouts them out sometimes on fucking on live broadcasts. <laughs> That's how you know that may maybe it's time for a new voice over there. Speaking of a new voice, maybe it's time for a new voice up above. No, there. that's how you know that he is more a fan than a broadcaster. And I respect yeah. it. Yeah. I respect yeah. it. If you're a local broadcaster, fucking fine. Let the national guys do their unbiased shit, even though they're more biased than 90% of the local guys. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, all encompassing view of the draft. Satisfactory. I would C. Say. C. Yeah. C grade. I mean, there's, but, there's no guaranteed home runs, but you were in a position to draft any guaranteed home runs. So a couple, couple of, of opposite field singles. Yeah. A couple, get, couple of chances thrown out there and then a couple of interesting uh, prospects. You know what's important to say? I think from my, at least where I sit, I'm glad we didn't give up assets to go into the first round. 100%. Because as far as I, as, as far as I saw, there was no one in this draft late in the first round who you f- could really feel like was a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Like I was really comfortable them state Lambert. I know was a big one for people. Mm. Andrew, Andrew, if you want to go off on that, you go for it. I was kind of glad they didn't do it. Mm, no. <laughs> Supremely talented kid. Um, really, really, really a lot of red flags with him. Um, forces his way out of every, his forces his way out of every team he's played for so far. His dad controls every last bit of his, his dad is his agent and controls every last bit of his career. And oh, that would not be a Bruins guy anyway. Nope. Nope. And he, <laughs> that's not an NHL. That, that's mostly not an NHL thing. I think a lot of people learn from the Jack Johnson situation. You know, don't, yeah. don't let, don't, don't let your, don't let your parents control every waking moment of your professional life. He should try the NBA. I hear that works really well there. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He gets adopted into the ball family. Is yeah, that what you're saying? I was saying? Say, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, no was, that was the only pick that you could, that in terms of talent, in terms of pure talent, everything else, you know, is what it is. But in terms of pure talent, that was the only pick after maybe 12 or 13 that you could be like, okay, maybe, maybe they're going for this to trade out of the first round, but nothing really stood out. Nothing really, nothing really stood out of the first round. This was a very, this wasn't a deep draft. This was a pretty weak draft, all told, but the talent was very spread out. Yeah, I thought it was a plateau draft where there yeah. was no one up on the peak, but there was a lot of guys that were like, yeah, they could be really good. That's the thing is they could be like you're, you're there's sometimes just slam dunks. There's only, there was only two or three real sure things on this draft. And one of them dropped down to number four. Did you see that death stare he gave the fucking Montreal bench? Yeah, his, his explanation after the fact was... The cameras were in front of the Montreal bench. She's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I didn't do that on purpose, blah, blah, blah. I would like to think, go ahead, say that you did it on purpose. Like, play with some edge. Yeah. Whether, whether he stared them down or not, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, and that's dangerous with a player like that. So, so I, yeah. congrats the, to Seattle. Seattle fucking rocked this draft, first of all. Oh, yeah, they but, did great. Um, but, yeah, they, so they, got Arizona, player, the they got a pissed off player. Arizona, Arizona, I mean, with the amount of fucking picks that they had, they, they better have at least really hit like on picks. Yeah. If with they, the amount of fucking they hit picks they had with the, the amount of, fucking, of them, they're good. Yeah. With the amount of fucking picks they had, they, uh, they should have had a good draft and yet they spent one of their first round picks on a kid that was the 132nd ranked North American skater. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was the one with the makeout parents. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to risk it for the makeout parents though. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you really got to make that happen. Yeah. Let's draft them so they can fuck. The last, <laughs> the last guy I remember talking shit during a draft though was Zadina and he has not really done much since then. No. <laughs> nope. So I'm going to, I'm going to let that slide that he didn't decide. But to his, his explanation, I want to go back to that for a second. Thomas, you said his explanation was that the cameras were in front of him. Mm-hmm. You don't. It was in front of Montreal. Went in front of Montreal. Okay. You fucking. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny, Thomas. You said that the the cameras the cameras were right in front of the Montreal bench. That was that was Wright's explanation. You don't stop smiling and then take a step forward and lean in without it being intentional like that. My, that was, dude. Honestly, my favorite is when he's putting on the jersey. There's a there's just a still shot of him putting on the Seattle jersey, and mm-hmm. it legit looks like he's staring 
straight through the dickhole of every single Montreal fan and front office member. Hell yeah. Fucking love that. Fucking love that. Make them regret it. Yep. And honestly, I wish that they were in the same fucking division. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Once he comes up, that's going to be so much fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think he's NHL ready right now. I think he can be. And I think that's the thing with this draft. There's, there's two or three guys who could potentially not necessarily make an impact, but just show up at the NHL level this year. And then after that, it goes away real quick. So the idea of the Bruins trading into the the bottom third of the first round wouldn't have done much for me mm-hmm. because what would we have given up now? It, now, if you reverse the years and say this was next year, there'd be a different conversation. Yeah, maybe a different uh, argument, but also we're going to be starting from a different standpoint. We will That's actually be true. in the first round as of right now. Uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you for adding that caveat. Yeah. Um, but even if we're not, even, even if we need to trade into the first round and stuff like that, we're, we're in a different situation because sure, Bergeron may be back this year, but he probably won't be back the following. I'm not holding out hope for a two-year deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like maybe we are in a rebuild after this year. Mm-hmm. So then things change, but right now with the idea of Bergeron coming back and uh, and DeBrusque sticking with this and our defensive, uh, 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 the defense looks good. Yeah, the defense oh, to looks me great. looks better. It looks better to me this year than it has the last couple of years. By the way, I'm extremely excited to see a full season of home. Yeah, same here. And speaking of the defense, by the way, shout out to a frequent listener of the pod. He goes by Dr. Funk on Twitter. Kai, we- Kai Weissman will be playing games in the NHL next year. Okay. There's your shout out. There it is. <laughs> All right. We got anything else for us? Uh, I got a couple of voicemails if you want to sneak that Hells in. Hell yeah! Woo. Little, little, little quick ones here. Let's see. Love it. I, I have not screened these yet, so I'm just going to pick a couple of them. You really Let's think see where we're going to play in the NHL next like year? Oh, that was just for him. Okay. All right, good. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, I wanted to send over an at-home drug test for you. I know. No. No. But he uh, might. You guys ready for a phone call? Let's oh, I, I'm barely holding on. It's a thread at this point. Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, looks like this caller's name is David. Here we go. What's going on, guys? This is David. Uh, Twitter handle is uh, it's DavidK46. Uh, getting the news that Crazy might be coming back to the Bruins. Absolutely ecstatic. He was my favorite player growing up. Um, through the roof if this does go through. I don't know how they're going to make cap work, but honestly, I don't really care as long as, as, long as Crazy's back playing. Um, you guys were doubting it. I, I, I didn't have high hopes either, let's be honest. But... The hope was there. Slim to none, but it was there. Um, hope you all have a great time recording this podcast. Uh, hopefully, I'll see what's on here. Uh, go bees! First of all, David. Hell yeah, brother. Second of all, uh, I love the nonchalant, like, I don't give a shit about the cap. <laughs> like, I don't care how to do it, bring it back. Well, uh, I mean, to be fair... Like you can go ten percent over, which yeah. which which in this yeah. case is about eight point two five million. Yeah. And if I'm Sweeney, I'm telling I'm telling Evan Gold, I'm going to eighty nine. When I'm done, figure it out. <laughs> well, and I think that's kind of where it's at too. It's just like if you have the ability to to resign Krejci, or just in general, like take take the history out. You have the ability to sign a player of his caliber that will have that much of an impact on the team. You do it, and then you figure out the cap afterwards. You got a yes. couple of weeks to figure that out afterwards. You just do it. So I'm, I'm with him there. And it's going to be a low uh, cap hit with high incentives. Yeah, a lot of bonuses. Which I believe bonuses can, in, in certain scenarios, roll over to the next year. So basically, we're going to sacrifice other count space. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's. I believe some of them can. I, I don't know the specifics on that. I'm not a cap guru like Dom. Again, shout out. Uh, but I, they'll make it work, like you guys said. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. He'll he make us it out work. for he called us out for doubting that he could come back, and then immediately gave it the uh, the caveat of I didn't have high hopes either. So definitely appreciate say, the honesty there, David. Anyone who has believed the entire time, you are more than welcome to call us out because mm-hmm. I know why I said what I said, and I still felt I still feel like that was a really reasonable thing to say. 
you're more than welcome to call me out for all of my bullshit over the past year uh, because it turns out I was wrong. That's fine. When you're wrong, you're wrong. You just got to eat it. You guys don't like that, huh? You don't like don't like being wrong? Nobody does. Nope. But I think part of this is I'm more than happy to be wrong about this. I just still can't sure. believe because I thought the percentage was so incredibly low. I'm honestly, until it's signed, like I have just, I, I can't get there. Hmm. Like until it's actually Kevin Weeks goes fucking one it year. It has to be Kevin Weeks and nobody else. One point from inside million. a Who fucking was the wall. first guy that said it? <laughs> The first guy that said it, I was like, yeah, Joey Mac. I guess I'll tweet about it, but I'm not feeling great about that. Uh, was it Joe Mac? It was Joe Mac. He's the one that broke it. Really? Yeah, he broke the Bergeron stuff, too. Do I have Joe Mac blocked? Because I feel like it was someone else. <laughs> uh, well, it is what it is. You guys want another call? I would love one. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, one more call. Let's go to Zach. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's uh, Zach again calling in. Um, happy free uh, uh, agency week. I'm, I'm excited for this week to see what goes on in the league and what goes on with the Bruins. But um, my question for you guys is uh, going into the development camp this week, uh, who are the players that you want to see um, kind of progress? You just want to see what they can do. I know it's unfortunate that uh, Liesel can't be here because um, of the uh, World Juniors, but uh, who is somebody that you, you want to see kind of get some time and just see what, what they're like um, after uh, some of the guys that we drafted this week. Anyways, uh, can't, can't wait for next season and uh, go bees. Go bees. Go bees. You First know? of all, Zach. Hell yeah, brother. I feel like I have to do that every time now. Um, Stop I, forcing the bit. I, I can't turn it off now like I had to. Um, look, there is there are two players that I really give a shit about in this camp. It's Beecher and it's Harrison. Those are two guys that I just, I need every bit of information I can get. Uh, Love is, is probably like a kind of a distant third because I'm really kind of jazzed about him too. But like, as far as this camp goes, those are my guys. Merkulov and Mantikivi. Mantikivi's there, Lachmelis is there. Yep, yep. There's also there was there's also a, a, a kid that's on uh, that's on a uh, invite that the only reason I want to see him is because he a he's a former Buffalo Sabres draft pick and b he's six foot nine. Nice, William Orge Crew. He is a six foot nine defenseman. I just want to see that again one more time <laughs> on someone who's not forty five years old. <laughs> For those of you who can't tell, Andrew has tears in his eyes right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just, just miss him so much. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> That's the thing with Chara is like you miss prime Chara, but the, with the way everything ended, you're kind of like, yeah, no. All right. Yeah. But no, uh, Merkulov. Merkulov is never, I think Merkulov is top of my list of because he ended last year hurt. Um, I want to see how his recovery is going. Thank goodness, considering everything that's going on right now, that he decided to stay in America. Yes. Holy shit. It's scary. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't yep. have the energy or knowledge to really have good yep. opinions. Yep. But it's it's very terrifying. Uh, go Google it. You can Google that. Um, but yeah, Merkulov and Mantikibi, those are mine too. Yep. I'm, I'm with both of you guys. Uh, it is disappointing that uh, Lucel and Lorai are not there, but there is uh, a Deke and a Boosie there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, a couple of these draft picks are there, and that's that's cool. You get to see them immediately with a B on their chest and going out there and playing hard. Development camp is is really it's a fun time for for the fans who really like to dive deep on the prospects and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a number of uh, folks on the BNG group are, are out there and getting some footage and whatnot. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to see much today, uh, but I look forward to that coverage this week. I I really think out of <laughs> Beecher, who I'm not as high on right now, but I'm curious what he looks like. Harrison, uh, Mikulov, like those are the, the reason I'm so into that is I think there's going to be a top six center somewhere in our system that's going to surprise us. Yep. And that's my optimism speaking, and I know that, but 
that's it's it's worthwhile. This is something so it's so fun about sports. It's worthwhile getting into that optimism and watching these guys grow into the league and just really hoping for the best. I really think Merkulov has the talent to be it. I think so too. Yeah. He's just third on my list because I've already seen him a bunch and I'm kind of more curious about Harrison and Beecher at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, I know we got we got a couple other calls. Uh, one of them was from uh, Jack, aka Zombie Pot, on the discharge. He unfortunately he called in right before the draft, and obviously the draft has passed. So uh, his call his call unfortunately doesn't make sense to the show. But I did want to give him a shout out. He had an excellent draft call. So shout out to Jack. Jack, Zombie Pot. Uh, you're legit, and I appreciate you so fucking much. Uh, you've been around for a while now, and he always jumps into the Twitch streams and the Discord and all sorts of stuff. So, huge shout out! Hell yeah, brother! Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I'm doing that this episode. It's never gonna happen again. Never ask for it. It's never happening again. But that's, well, that's once, what we're doing. once, uh, once uh, Thomas puts that as the title. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hell yeah, brother. So it turns out when I drink a lot, I say hell yeah, brother, a lot. It turns out. Who All right, one, one more call and then we're out of here. All right. Hey, guys. Longtime fan of the show. Uh, just uh, wanted to know when you guys are gonna have that uh, born brewing guy on the show. You know the guy who makes all the cool art. Anyways, keep up the good work. Oh, uh, in case you're wondering, it's not Ange, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, not Ange. <laughs> no, wait, no, it's not Ange. It's Born Bruin seventy seven on Twitter. Go check out his art. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ange. That's love one way to get on the show. Holy <laughs> shit. I fucking love you, Ange, you psychopath. Oh, man, that's good stuff. That you guys a, got anything that is else? A, that is All a right. beautiful accent, yeah. by the way. <laughs> hey, do you guys ever realize that this is us just recording ourselves shooting the shit for like an hour and a half and then we post it? No. Do you ever, do you ever We're shooting the that? shit for an hour and a half and then I edit it down to make us not sound like assholes. You're doing a shitty job of I'm that. I'm doing Thomas. a terrible job of it. You guys I mean, got we, anything else? If, if your goal is to make us not sound like assholes, the other part you're doing a great job of it. Uh, I got nothing else. This was such a fun episode that I think we should do another one this week. Thomas is weeping. Yeah, no, he is. No, my wife is weeping right now. Free agency <laughs> starts Wednesday at noon. I think you might actually hear another short shift podcast this week. I don't know. It's a guess, but I think it might happen. Okay. We'll make it work. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, <Go> Dad. <laughs> Go me! No, it would have been a really dad answer if he said, we'll see. No, Talk no. Your brother. I, what I really wanted to say there was, hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, ah, brother. Yes. <laughs> Go me! I'm going to chug my beer now. Fuck yeah. Like, I mean that. I mean what I just said. I hate you.